0: Well, good morning once again. 7.33. Um, if, If you say something often enough, no matter how outrageous it may be, the American people tend to buy into some of that. And you could probably replace American there with all sorts of other nationalities, couldn't you? But that is not a novel idea. It was, in fact, From US Senator Joseph McCarthy, the mastermind behind a red scare that lasted through the 1950s. But the basic idea seems to be very relevant, including in Korea today. One outrageous claim after another as the National Assembly is deadlocked, which seems aimed at convincing supporters of certain political parties that reality is not how most of us view it. At least that's what I hope. Most of us don't view it that way because I don't think I'd be totally happy about raising my kids and, and raising myself in a country that's under some sort of North Korea-based dictatorship. Um, we have award-winning American journalist and scholar Marvin Kalb on the line. Uh, he has compared McCarthy with current U.S. President Donald Trump and has a book titled Enemy of the People, Trump's War on the Press, The New McCarthyism and the Threat to American Democracy. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Oh, it is my pleasure to be with you.
0: Can you start by comparing the two figures in the title of your book there, please?
1: Of course. Um, well, you know our president, and Senator McCarthy was in power in the early 1950s. And what he did was claim that there were communists everywhere, in the government, in Hollywood, everywhere you looked, at universities. And he had the effect of frightening the entire country, into believing in a communist scare. There was a belief that there were communists everywhere, and it was simply not true. But he said it often and often again, and the press picked it up and played with it and ran with it, and Senator McCarthy kept hitting it over and over again, and an awful lot of people began to believe it until... Edward R. Murrow, a great American journalist, uh, decided to do a series of programs explaining to the American people what it is that McCarthy was doing. And when Murrow did that, the American people caught on, and eventually McCarthy was toppled. The connection with Trump is an obvious one. Trump is the sort of political leader who repeats things again and again and again even if they are completely untrue. And what happens is that people hear this over and over again, and they tend to believe things, and they tend to use expressions like, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. But every now and then, where there's smoke, there isn't any fire. And the, and the Trump experience has created a terrible phenomenon affecting the press Affecting our politics, affecting the way in which we judge truth from fiction.
0: And the great irony is that it's President Trump who's been best associated with this fake news claim, even if what he's saying has not always been factually correct.
1: Well, How has it true, changed the media dynamic? The media dynamic has been, I think, dramatically changed. I was a reporter for more than 30 years, and I have a feeling that what is happening now is a sense of fear in a lot of newsrooms around the United States, the belief that the president can claim that what you have said, which is proven to be accurate, is fake news. He's come up with that expression. The expression itself is not new but Trump has given it new life in the same way that he has given the expression enemy of the people, new life. That is a very ugly expression that was brought into play in a very major way in the 20th century by people like Mao Zedong, people like Adolf Hitler, people like Mussolini, people like Stalin. You ask yourself, why would an American president use an expression that was the favorite expression of the dictators of the 20th century what is on his mind
0: the the thing about mccarthyism of course is th- the claims were quite specific and and for example mccarthy uh, said he had a list of two hundred and five communists working at the state yes. department um, the yes. uh, the claims that we 're seeing sometimes from Trump are a bit more vague than that, but also even here in korea when we when we hear some of the red baiting going on is there something about quite specific claims that are even more impactful on on the people even if they 're a lie
1: Yes what happens after a while is that people tend to believe utterly outrageous things they don 't Apparently, people today are so busy that they don't take a moment to ask themselves whether an expression the president is using makes any sense. And the president will use this expression, enemy of the people. It is an outrageous expression, but he uses it. And the sad thing is that after he uses it now for two and a half years, one out of every three Americans believes that the press is the enemy of the people, which is absurd. And yet a third of the American people have come to believe it because the American president keeps saying that. And it says something very unsavory and very bad, in a way, about the American public. How can they believe this nonsense, but they still believe it?
0: And again, you pointed out examples from the past. Uh, How did the Italian people, the German people, the uh, X, Y, Z, any number of people in the 20th century and before then uh, believe what they were told? Uh, How does the media respond, though? Uh, If the dynamics change so much as we reflected before, and if the people have been convinced that they can't trust the media, unlike the end to McCarthyism, it it feels like it's even more challenging to get the truth
1: out there. You know, it is more challenging. And those of us who have been raised um, in the United States as American reporters working in an environment, for example, that Murrow worked in in the 1950s that I and many other journalists, Walter Cronkite, Severide, all of the great people of the sixties and seventies, the American people tended at that time to believe what it is that we were saying because they believed that we were trying to tell them the truth, that we were working very hard to come up with the truth and to tell them the truth. And they believed us. What has happened now is that the press itself has become part of an ugly political war which is ripping the American people apart right now. It's very difficult for any Democrat to deal with a Republican and a Republican with a Democrat. Yeah. and the press itself has split. The people at Fox believe that they may may believe that they're telling you the truth, but what they're doing, is slowly but surely becoming the propaganda arm of the Republican Party, and that is terrible. Journalism is not part of politics and should never be.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, on the other side, CNN is sometimes unwatchable for the same reason. I mean, I've got friends who work for CNN, and I think some of the foreign correspondents are fantastic. I want to stress that because I'm not talking about CNN across the board. But some of their uh, panel discussions are... Uh, almost nauseating for the opposite reason, because they don't um, have a variety of opinions when they're attacking Trump.
1: Uh, but let me let me try to catch you on that one, if you'll allow me. I,
0: I'd love you to, because I don't watch a lot no, of no, CNN. What you, but
1: what you're yeah, what you're talking about at CNN are the panel shows where you bring together three or four different voices, right. and They sound off.
0: Yes. For I'm example, talking
1: about the news. I'm talking just a moment about the news department. What's happening now, because the press has become so political, they believe that they have to have programs that, in effect, reflect the political um, anguish and the political attacks. Um, what I am talking about on Fox are the are the people who are supposed to be giving you the news. The people, for example, at CNN, um, like Wolf Blitzer, for example, who's a major anchor at CNN, he tries very, very hard just to give you the news. He's not talking there about the panel discussions. I agree with you on the panel, disagree with you on the presentation of news.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've got to say, I mean, I was specifically referring to some of the panel discussions that I've seen yes. being based here in Korea. I don't watch Fox News at all. I watch a little bit of CNN because we get that through the international version of CNN. Of uh, I know a few people who get Fox here. It's not... Um, I, I, I feel worried if I watch too much biased news, it's going to influence my own work. So I try not to. Um, yeah, well, that's true. But... <laughs> But, but, you know, I, I, just, I just sort of have this sense that I wish there was a media outlet that could gain credibility from both sides by being known to be fair on all issues rather than politically involved. Is that even possible yeah. in the uh, landscape?
1: And I think that what you're raising is a very fundamental question, which is larger than journalism. The question you're raising really is how strong is our democracy? Journalism is a reflection of our democracy if journalism is split the democracy is split if journalism is weakened by these panel programs you're talking about the democracy itself is weakened and that is what my principal concern is that is the reason why believe me i had no intention of writing this book enemy of the people no whatever i'm involved in russia But I had to write it because what the president is doing now is damaging the press. And by damaging the press, he is damaging our democracy. And I feel it's the responsibility of every American citizen to stand up and be heard.
0: One further point that occurs to me i don't know what the u.s was specifically like in the 1950s beyond what we're told in popular culture i've not studied that academically perhaps you all have far more insight um but today it does feel like it's not just about the lies and the fake news but it's also about fundamental differences of opinion on key traditional values whether it be how babies are born or not born how people are married or not married whether people yeah. carry guns or don't carry guns. And when you're yeah. divided on so many issues, it's very hard to bring about unity even before you go down the, uh, the criticisms of Trump here. What's your view on the and, state and, of the public right now?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, as um, someone who did live and work through the 1950s, I, rem- <laughs> I remember them vividly, very clearly. And the difference, I alluded to it earlier, there was a time when the press was seen by most Americans. Walter Cronkite, who did the CBS Evening News, was regarded by 82% of the American people as the most trusted man in America. Not the most trusted journalist, the most trusted man in America. There is no possibility today, none, that a journalist would be trusted by 82% of the American people. hmm It has changed so radically. We are dealing with a society that is absorbed with small aspects of our lives, but also very major aspects. All of them, because of the Internet, because of social media, all of them are now before us. You pick up your handphone, and you can see anything. You can see the rest of the world. Because of that, small issues become unnaturally large issues. And we exaggerate certain things that shouldn't be exaggerated. But we are caught up in this whether we like it or not. And at the heart of it is the capacity of a free people to manage the new phenomena before us and still retain an allegiance to fairness, decency, honesty, the very core of democratic governance. That is the problem today. That is the central issue, and it must be addressed.
0: Award-winning American journalist Marvin Kalb, author of Enemy of the People, Trump's War on the Press, The New McCarthyism and the Threat to American Democracy. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Very much my pleasure. Thank you. Bye.